Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And we are back delving deeper into the discography of Weezer. Before we begin, if you're a fan of the show, please take a second to subscribe and rate the podcast. We love to keep Top 5 Disco going and growing, and your support and engagement will help make that happen. Last week, we discussed the band's rushed but rocking eighth album, Hurley. And this week, we're going to talk about their ambitious concept record, their ninth album, Everything Will Be Alright in the End. Here we go. All right, so like we spoke about in the last episode, after Hurley came out and they did this memories tour doing Blue and Pinkerton in full, they brought back Rick Ocasek for the third time to produce the next album, the next Back to Basics record. I feel like they have a lot of those. Yes, and they keep, it's actually interesting that they keep, right, the The Green green was after one, what they considered mistake at the time, unfortunately. And now after all these albums, they're like, okay, we got to go back. And they bring Rick back. Yeah. So this was produced by Rico Kasich, again, recorded in L.A. This rose to number five. Again, in 2014, Weezer is still a force of modern pop radio. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Not just radio, but of sales. Yeah. I never really expected that, especially yet, with this I album. I feel like most people don't know this album. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know if people even know Back to the Shack. That's the big single, right? Is it? I don't even That's know. The, yeah. Not Da Vinci? I, no. Hmm. I, I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, this album is quite an album. What do you think about this album? This album is quite an album. (laughs) No, I agree. This is similar to Blue. I think it is so consistent as an album. It's also conceptually sound. Like, it's not all over the place. It actually has a purpose and a a a flow and an absolute cohesive sound. Yes. It just sounds like he... (laughs) I'm not saying they didn't try on other records, but it sounds like they really tried to make this an album listen more than any album since like Pinkerton. So right after Hurley, they released Death to False Metal, which was an album oh of God. B-sides, which is just like they're B-sides for I'm gonna, a reason, I'm gonna say this bad r- B-sides. I'm going to say this right now. Death to False Metal is the worst thing they've ever put out. It's the worst. I would listen to any album. Mm. Death to False yeah, Metal yeah, yeah. as a CD is I the agree. worst The worst thing that Weezer has put out as a product. But it's like, don't even consider it an album, even if they do. Like, don't worry about that. Don't, don't buy it. Yeah, don't buy it. I mean, support the band, but <laughs> don't. no need to listen to that album. So as soon as they released that, they started working on another album, but they abandoned it. It sounds like they were actually working on it. I don't know if they actually started recording but they abandoned it to give Rivers more time, which makes me so Thank happy. You. Again, we said Red Album in 08, Ratitude in 09, Hurley in 010. Like, Calm they, down. They, <laughs> they, they left four years in between. This is the longest time since Green that they've yeah. left between albums. And it and it shows. I, I, well, I mean, you said your your theory that you talked about uh, last time that maybe it doesn't always show or doesn't yeah, it always doesn't count. obviously with like make believe. But here, it really it was it really it's feels almost like an album. It's almost the opposite. You know, people were saying there's that gold mine, the lost songs that maybe they could have recorded before make believe, and then they decide to make make believe. This could be the opposite, where they were about to go with another one that would have been released a year or two years later, but they were like, no, give him more time, and he decided to both go back to basics, but also get a little more experimental. Especially with his lyrics. The lyrics, but also the concept behind. Absolutely. So he wanted to and did create a trilogy of songs. The Belladonna. His relationship with women. The Panopticon artist. His relationship with fans. And Patriarchia. The relationship with father figures, whether that's his own father or bands he looks up to, stuff like that. Yeah, it was just, and I think it and, came and out really well. And the album ends in a trilogy crazy... That has to, that oh, each man. part of the trilogy connects to yes. uh, Which, one of those yeah. three... And two out of Belladonna three parts Panopticon are instrumental, we so about. it's interesting to hear what that even means. Yeah. What a wild album. And it's so, back to experimentation it's exciting to hear where they go a lot of these places yeah even lyrically i'm like wow he's never really sung about something like that Mm -hmm. before this is such a fun album i'm not talking fun like ratitude at the party i'm talking fun as a weezer fan yes okay this is what started what i will consider and will tell everyone i know in my opinion the renaissance period of weezer the creative renaissance what i consider one of their best records and one of their best Absolutely. since Blue and Pinkerton is Everything Will Be Alright in the End. This album is so good. It's good, you yes. guys. And it's you a know good what's album. so sad? You know, we haven't talked about the White Album yet, which I'll already say, I know it was jo- like 
it's a great album. The one that comes after Everything Will Be Alright in the End. But what's interesting and sad is you mentioned uh, when we were looking, when we were watching the SNL skit, is that they don't mention those. They're very clearly trying to play into yeah, the it's there's very, only Blue and Pinkerton and then everything else and all the goofiness and whatever I Hurley find, yeah. and stuff like that. I find but it they inc- didn't mention this. I find it incredibly sad that people do not talk about everything. Will, and these albums are not that old. This is yeah. five and two, three years ago. Yeah. People don't even talk about this renaissance period of everything will be all right in the end and white album because it doesn't fit into the narrative of Weezer sucked since Blue and Pink. It's like, did they or did they have a bunch of mixed bags and then all of a sudden get fucking awesome again? Yeah. And I hate, I hate the black and white view. Yeah. In general. Really, I mean, but... in music in general, you can't really have that view. But especially with Weezer, you need to understand that this is a roller coaster of a discography. We said that the first episode, but in a roller coaster, there are peaks and valleys, and we are at such a peak here. Yes. I'm so excited to talk about. We've Me been sort of too. excitedly talking about songs we love on the other albums, but as a whole, the last few albums have been hard to talk about and get really excited about. I am so excited, and I was when this came out five years ago. I was like, "Fuck!" This I remember. Is good. I was telling you, I was driving in the car with you, and you were just like, "You have to listen to this," and I'm like, "Okay." Weezer is back. Yeah, yeah they're it, back. So. so let us begin. So just like a couple other albums earlier on in our series, I had a hard time ranking this album. Me because too. it is so consistently good. It is so consistently I good. I agree. And it's 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 actually very similar to the blue thing where I feel like a lot could have been aside from the first two. It's actually very similar. The first two I had Buddy Holly and Undone. These first two I knew were going to be there. Maybe even the third one, but then it's just like the rest of them are so good. Maybe a couple parts that I don't love, but like they are so consistent, the the uh, quality of every track. So it was difficult. I'm still not 100% sure. We'll talk about it. So I have a feeling we're going to have different lists, like very different lists. That's Here we go. My, let's, that's my uh, let's do it. All right. My number five pick is Cleopatra. My number five pick is the Future Scope Trilogy. My number four pick is The British Are Coming. That is blowing, blowing my mind because you never liked that song. No, I did not. What? Yeah. My number four, and it's actually interesting. I knew Future Scope was always going to be on here because I needed to give that song credit because it's a feat. Uh, This number four spot could have been a few different ones, but I chose Da Vinci. Awesome. Okay, great. My number three pick is I've had it up to here. I'm so glad you put that yeah. on there. My number three pick is Eulogy for a Rock Band. Nice, nice. My number two pick is Da Vinci. My number two pick is Ain't Got Nobody. Awesome. Wow. My number one song on this record, hands down, is the Future Scope trilogy. You didn't have... Okay, before I say that, my number one hands down you know what this is cleopatra yeah god damn that song is so good you didn't have ain't got nobody on here ain't got nobody (laughs) my three big backups wait did you have eulogy no we're ain't got nobody eulogy and go away i'll tell you all the reasons why this didn't make my list this is this is really amazing but but can we talk about that i put number one on the album was the future scope trilogy which you only put at five i'm actually surprised by that because this is one of the most musically complex interesting things i've ever done and i just like again i tell you how i rank especially yeah. at the top i could not live without cleopatra as a weezer song i, I could i could live without the, it makes this album so much better and it's an incredible song put that up there with greatest man that ever lived in terms of like what the fuck this is an incredible band look what they have accomplished but i still with my music and with my weezer i think i want some like vocals and melody and stuff like that. Fair so enough. there's a little bit on there, but yeah, a little bit. All right, first let's talk about my number four pick, The British Are Coming. This song I always didn't like. Not only just like was not my favorite, I just like didn't like it. And something happened where I am just so impressed that they pulled this song off. Like it is so experimental in terms of the sound and the lyrics of, of this sort of like colonial, I don't know what the hell is going on here, 
But I love the verse melody. Oh my God. It's so, what's so interesting and it's so strange to me that we're starting with this song because on a, on an album that I find so consistent, I think they are still are all consistent. This to me is definitely the worst song on the album. Wow. <laughs> I love that melody. I like it when the I like of old King yes George yes and especially when the when the guitar hits the or whatever it is I also like that part also good lyric light up a fire in the forge we're not the coins in the coffer of old King George this is a weird song that has a bunch of moments that I really like and some moments that are just kind of like eh. it starts off with this march which harkens back to I like that term this podcast obviously <laughs> it harkens back to the greatest man that ever lived in terms of the drum roll and their spoken word going on and i love How's the that, quirky the riff acoustic <laughs> riff so cool that to me goes back to el scorcho more than other songs do I, I think that is so and then the piano playing the nice chorus melody it's really nice you were just talking about the verse melody i think it's pretty cheesy to be honest even though i like that moment with old king george Another cool moment, which goes back to that quirky guitar, is the punk-ass red coats trying to run the show. That's the best part of this song to you me. Know, as I was singing this and thinking about it, I was like, oh, maybe this should not have been I this cannot, high. I cannot but believe this is I higher just, than Cleopatra. Then I just reminded myself, oh, no, what am I talking about? I love this bridge. This is our destiny. I hate this bridge. On and on. I hate this and bridge. And then the solo. So that was cool, for and sure. And then the 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 outro that you're missing the the British. I like it, and I like when he goes the British, and I like when he goes are coming. It is such a cool song that never should have worked. I used to hate, and now I'm just like fascinated by it. I think it's so weird, and I'm finding more and more I like about it. Yeah, I don't. This ain't got nobody should have been here, to be honest. Um, instead of British or what about Cleopatra? I cannot. Cleopatra fell because I overplayed it. That's that's plain and simple. This was Cleopatra was always my number one song on that right. album, and I so, overplayed the shit out of it. It's I don't fault you for this at all, but it is always interesting to see that your lists. I think more definitely more than my lists are very much like this point in time. Yeah. So for you, you were just like I can't. I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You can totally disagree with agree with me, but it sounds like it's like I really didn't like this song. Wow, I am having this new vision of this song now that I understand these parts and appreciate the experimentation so it's on your list but <laughs> I, I think it like, it's almost like and this i don't mean wow. to, be, to be mean to your number one but like i just i knew cleopatra needed to be on here because it's such a fucking great song but i'm telling you when this song came out i was obsessed i'm talking would listen in the car and over what, cleopatra? and over and over I, and you're over saying nothing again. bad to my song that's so, on you buddy <laughs> My point is that I don't think that's wrong. Like, what are these top five lists except for what we are feeling right now? I can't talk about how I felt five years ago or 10 years ago about these songs. I just know right now, and I'm not saying it's a newness factor. I've listened to these songs dozens and dozens and dozens of times over the last few months. This is not like a newness factor anymore. I'm just right now really into the British are coming. And Fair I, enough. I can't say anything but that. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I actually like that we're able to showcase this song. Yeah. Next, let's talk about Adam's number three pick, the third song on the album, Eulogy for a Rock Band. Try not to comment too much on the British are coming because we just discussed, you know, the reason that you put it, put it on there. I just can't believe this wasn't on your list, especially when something there's, like that there's, was. There's a, a little reason. There's a reason. Oh yeah. Um, I love the contrast between the verses and the chorus. Goodbye, heroes. You had 
good around 15 you're almost singing it softer it's good yeah but his vocals are so totally but like the the band sounds good yes the band sounds super grungy and i love the transition melody of but now your light is fading that's an amazing build do you know who co-wrote the song with them uh daniel brummel and ryan slager do you know who they are no ozma uh-huh. Isn't that Ozma is a band that I was like, they're such Weezer ripoffs. Yeah. I only and know that one. No one needs to know. Co-writing songs with them. It's kind of weird. Okay. Before we go any further, oh, no. can I is ruin the, the song is for there, you? Is there what melody yeah. is this? So for the longest time, I've always been like, Me too. I love this chorus. What is this chorus? Me too. You know what it is? What is it's it? It's Mr. Brightside. But it's just the price I pay. It's the same thing. They ripped off the most popular song by the Killers. You and I, and I will can't always, get over it. Except for locomotion, you and I will just disagree on this stuff. All I hear is Mr. That's Brightside, a, and a it you ruined problem, the song. Buddy. It I, ruined the song. I like hear a similarity. That is so that not is the such same. Such a popular song. That's, how did that's how the did, end? That's like the end of no that way. melody, and it's not. I'm sorry, I just ruined the so, song for everybody because no, you didn't. That is, <laughs> this is a you problem. I already I know what you're trying to say. They're so different. That is so honestly. It just it it's it's sad. it's biology. It's no, sad. no, it's what, biology. that's sad. Our that's, father. No, you in general. Yeah, I guess he passed it on to you. But the fact that you it gets so ruined from something like that, this, I guarantee you, was not copied from that. I just guarantee it. I don't know how a band this big with Weezer who has so much management, so many people in their labels, so many band members, friends of bands, everybody knows Mr. Brightside. I don't believe you. I don't believe no one told them this sounds like Mr. Brightside. I don't. That's not possible. It's just... In Mr. Brightside, it's just the end of that melody. Audience, rock band that we love the most. This J- is a toast to what we did and all that you... No, no. If if there was a melody that also repeated it just as much as they repeat it in this chorus, but I would say... But it's just the price I pay. Destiny. There is First of all, there is something about this melody that is familiar. It's not that. There is something classic about it. I can't figure it out yet. I don't think he found it. Sorry. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. When I say ruined the song, I mean kept it off my five, okay? I still love this song, and we haven't gotten anywhere in this song. So. The thing is that this is the best part of the song. This is That chorus is the best part of the song. The best part of the song is the bridge, which I need you to hear right now. They hold that last note in goodbye, and the drums. I that is one of the. You're not gonna like this, but this is one of my favorite parts of the album. I something about that is so euphoric to me that it launches this song into another stratosphere. Despite what I just said about keeping it off my list, that's you and I clearly like different aspects of this song. Yeah, because that chorus and the verse and the transition between the two is everything to me. Even the solo is great. This bridge is good. I agree. I like that end part. The melody of "We'll never forget the jams you made." So good. And again, I can't say it enough. There's something addictive about this chorus. It's so good. It's so anthemic. I love the lyric, adios rock band that we loved the most. This is a toast to what you did. It's just such a good song. This is a great song and it's so thoroughly composed. It, that just part, that part bums me out, but it, it's a great song and I'm glad you put it on your list. Next, we're going to talk about my number three pick. I've had it up to here. This song was, this and Da Vinci were fighting for that one spot because this for a while was a favorite of mine, even though there are, and this is the thing about this album is that it is so consistently on and yet at the same time, for the most part, it consistently has moments on each song that I don't love, Mm. which is interesting 
But anyway, let's start with, first of all, the fact that this was written alongside Justin Hawkins. The darkness. The darkness. You, you can know hear the darkness. it immediately. Absolutely. In all the guitar, in his voice. Operatic notes almost. Start off with, this is such a different sound for them, verse-wise. You never hear this choppy, rhythmic, that is so un-Weezer. Weezer is very, you know? And uh, there's something so River's falsetto sounds so good over this vocal melody. And like you said, yeah, it's a different kind of verse for them. It's so funky. But the chorus is so them in the best way. It's so chunky. But also the chords are going places I didn't expect them to go. The chorus chords are so amazing in the first half. (laughs) I try to give my best to you. And then as soon as it goes, but you put up your ears, there's something really weird and off about that. I like it a lot. I don't like it that much. Fair enough. Just that that second half, I really, that first half is like, oh my God, they are going somewhere good. They go to a really weird place with the bridge. We kind of brings it down to like- It's uh, like reggae. Yeah. You wouldn't consider that- yeah, I guess I was thinking about it more as like a um, a holiday where they break it down. Oh, you know what I mean? just the feel is so yeah. weird that they went there. And just going back to these verses, though, don't want to find myself homogenized. It? It's like, don't want to become the very thing that I despise. That's like a great, oh. So lyrically, let's talk about this song because he's basically... This in conjunction with Back to the Shack, he's really talking about his relationship with his fans and what they expect out of him. And it's also like pork and beans. I don't really, you can, I can never tell what's genuine anymore because this song, he's basically like, I'm not a happy meal. Don't. Oh my God. Like, that is the worst lyric. Oh, I, I like it actually. No, I like no, the, I like the no. point he's making. Yeah. He's fucking referencing McDonald's in this song. God damn it. That's so <laughs> bad. Don't want to be mass consumed. I'm not a happy meal. That is such a shitty lyric. And yet, the one right before it, don't want to compromise my art for universal appeal. It's not anything like. Are crazy you sure? And novel. Are you sure you I don't? Know, I know. Like, that's that's like why I can't like. This is what, I like the lyrics, but I'm like, I don't believe you. I know. I don't believe you. Because what was out- the song? What was the song we were just talking about? Where he kind of talks about that pork and beans, maybe like trying to reach the top of the charts with Timbaland. Maybe I'm not sure what it is, but still there's something he keeps talking. I, I remember saying he was speaking out of both sides of his mouth. There's something yeah, about he is how you can't say you're not trying to go for mass consumption and then put out Beverly Hills and then work with Dr. Luke and fucking yeah. the whole ratitude clan. Like, what are you talking about? But it's not even that it's like, you can have this epiphany that like, Oh shit. I need to go back to the shack and I need to make records like this. And then you go to Pacific Daydream and Black Album. So like, I'm sorry, man, but fuck you. Like what? <laughs> I love you so much because you are a genius songwriter at times. But what <laughs> like, what are you saying? Like, can you listen back to these lyrics when you look at what you're doing now? Please. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I love his sort of hair metal scream at the end. That is so darkness as well. That's where your rock's so wrong. Yeah, it's and then cool. this like weeping solo great adjective and i love pat's i try to give my best crunchy crunchy cool different song uh really it could have been could have been my number four it's a highlight for me it wasn't all right next let's talk about adam's number four pick my number two pick the third single da vinci This was co-written with Josh Alexander. Do you know who that is? I don't, but I know he works with them a ton in the next few records. Same. I also don't exactly know who he is. He might (laughs) might just be someone who collaborates with with singers. This song is very, very similar to Pork and Beans in terms of the quirky acoustic riff verses, and it goes straight back into the classic Weezer Weezer Crunch doubled Rivers vocals chorus, but... I like both equally, honestly. I think they're both great. I think that's just a sound of theirs, and I don't think they've overdone it, to be honest. Uh, lots of great stuff on this song. I love this I song. I know you I love this love song. I love this song. I it's know. so fun. This was the song to me, that you were playing 
when I, when you were like, you have to listen to this album, you have to listen to this song, Da Vinci. You were like so into it. I think to it. me, the lyrics remind me of how he would write about women in Pinkerton at times. Like he's using this quirky kind of comparisons to you know Mona Lisa, Divin- all this stuff. Like yes. it's just very interesting the way he's talking about it, and it's quirky and nerdy, but in a fun way, not in a goofy or cringy way. And I think that's why I really like it. And then yeah, not to mention. The verses, it's funny, I still hear it more as El Scorcho than Pork and Beans. Um, that guitar riff, especially, do, 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 is the same thing as, do, 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 do. it's literally the, like the same riff as El yeah, Scorcho. Yeah, I guess I know what you mean. But um, yeah, but El Scorcho's uh, chorus is very different to me than these Pork and Beans and Da Vinci. Fair enough. Lyrically, before we even get into the melody of, of all of this, the bridge and whatnot, I tried taking a picture of you. When I look at it, nothing comes through. Sometimes I wonder if you're just a ghost. Then I wonder who's haunting who most. That is a great, great line. lyric. That is a great line. And even going into the lyrics of the chorus, you were touching on it briefly, but this this is so Weezer, but it's done in such a good way. Even Da Vinci couldn't paint you and Stephen Hawking can't explain you. Rosetta Stone could not translate you. I'm at a loss for words. I, I, it sounds really simple out of all those to, to focus on it, but I'm at a loss for words. The way he sings that, yeah. to just not know how to feel. It's just very like it's... It's at the end of it. I'm at a loss for words. It's falling for you. It's falling for someone and not knowing how to talk about it and how to do anything about it. I yeah. love that. It's such a satisfying melody. Yeah. And the melody of everything before that. I love the twirly. Even Da Vinci couldn't paint you. And Stephen Hawking can't explain you. And that, they keep hitting that Hawking Vinci over. The, the chords are changing beneath it. And I yeah. love that it hits those notes on all these different chords. It's so nice. And the bridge is pretty good too. Yeah. We've come so far and here we everything will be all right. And I just like that. Oh, oh that's so Pinkerton. Just singing it. Think about that. And then they bring that sort of uh ooh, like the sound sounds like Pinkerton when they do that melody line. Yeah, I think I there must know. be some synth or something yeah, going it's, on it's there. Underneath. I'm not sure what it is. Overall, like it is interesting. I mean, th- I already said it. There's something about like even this song, I'm like, should this be on my top five? I like it as a whole, but it's just not like it is. Wa- it doesn't wow me. It's simple, but to me, it's so effective. It's, it's such simple. A it is great effective, nugget. and it's another one of those that I think like every part goes into each other uh, really well. Um, yeah, good song. Next, we're going to talk about Adam's number two pick, the opening song, Ain't Got Nobody. I really regret. I really list. regret it now so badly. Oh man, this is so clearly like we're back. <laughs> it's so powerful, it, despite its simplicity. It just rocks. It fucking it rocks. rocks so bad. I don't even know how simple it. Like it's, I guess, kind of simple. I don't know. This song well, is of really. Ain't got nobody. Yeah, it's true. Ain't got nobody. I like that falling. Ain't got nobody. Ain't got nobody. And the chords that are going on beneath that. And every time, the best part are those B sections. I'm living all alone. Nobody at home. And he keeps growing. Keeps building from there. Exactly. That ascending. It's hard to fall asleep. I really start to freak. And then it goes right to this. The down and Oof. clicky. My daddy loves me. Don't, don't. No one could touch me. Don't, Till he went up and left me lonely. And then the harmonies on that's human nature. Also, great lyric, and that is so honest, especially knowing what happened with his father when he was young. My daddy loved me. No one could touch me until he went up and left me lonely. That's human nature. We fail each other, then keep on searching for another. That so is true. so good. Yeah, that's a great line. Oh man, great solo. Just Ooh. shreddy and fun. It's and like operatic. Yes. Yeah. And I love just like in Dreamin'. Oh, when it slows I down love to that, that stomp. halftime. Ooh. Ain't got nobody. Ain't got nobody. Oh man. Nobody. 
What an incredible opening song after the last few albums. I mean, again, I we, love memories, so I don't know about that. But well, I don't, I don't, I don't mean in terms of like an opener, like memories was a bad opener. I'm just saying this is them saying we're back. You know, just that chugging at the beginning. The whole thing really is just like is they're this, such a rock band, yeah. and the production and everything is just like such a great way. It's a great declaration to of purpose. Reintroduce Absolutely. fans to this sound. Yeah, no, it's it's a. I'm really regretting not picking, especially because there's so many good parts at the end too. It's not just that. Yeah, this is such a good song. Next, we're going to talk about my number five pick and Adam's number one pick on this album, Cleopatra. It's time to- say enough good things about this song i really really can't except maybe the idea that he says patra 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 yeah but i don't i just don't mind it as much in this it could be any other words but aside from every part is great every the verse and this is to me the most experimental in terms of just blending all these weezer genres into one song harmonica's back they're into these strummy kind of folky chords yeah but it's a fake out because then you hear the weezer chugs coming in swung which you never hear i love that note we grow old our hearts are dim but our minds are free that major seventh note to fly where they will i love that and then to have a bar of five four in a weezer song is so so cool different for them cool and over that this this perfect melody of you can't control me no more cleopatra and i love sort of the descending weezer chucky chords it's great i just love every time the vocal line ascends patura patura yes throughout the song it keeps going it keeps going higher and higher every chorus and especially in the last chorus and i love the second time he does that it's a different melody instead of you can't control me. It's you can't control me. It's like very, uh, something very about slight. that slight, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. it gets me every time. Just that little bit. So good. I could honestly take or leave the bridge. Which one? Exactly. <laughs> I guess I would call the bridge. All the wine we tasted. Yes. All the love we... But the... Whatever you want to call it. Post-bridge, the second section is so doomy and metally and he's almost rapping over it this is what i mean it's going through you got the harmonica back you've got sort of the the strummed acoustic so you got back to the 90s you have just the usual weezer chugging you have now the maladroit almost uh metal section with his rapping which is goes over you know a bunch of different albums this is just like everything I don't even know if people love all these aspects, but it's everything you can love about Weezer in this one song. so cool and different in this solo Gar- oh my god the guitar solo with this solo is twirly goodness i love it i and the best part to me is just him going over and over with you can't control me no more cleopatra and then when he hits the you can't control me no more cleopatra Lyrically, it's there's not a lot of lyrics in the song, so I really want to read this off because I love them so much. We grow old, our hearts are dim, but our minds are free to fly where they will. Your beauty has faded, you're a broken shell. It's only the weak that fall for your spell. You can't control me no more, Cleopatra. It's time to move to the next life. You'll be reborn as a beautiful child. You'll turn the heads of a million men, Lady Pharaoh, the jewel of the Nile. Mm. 
All the wine we tasted, all the love we made, all the strumming lyres will decorate your grave. All the ecstasy has gone away. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. You're older, you're colder. Wow, he's so harsh with these lyrics. Yeah. I don't exactly know what sent what he's trying to get across. I don't know who he's talking to. If this is actually someone in general, an interesting. Ex-girlfriend. We don't often hear him angry and kind of yeah. yeah I feel like it's not aggressive. usually yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on the song? Because I pretty much my through, thought I is, I, is, I, is I totally fucked up. This should have been higher. British should have been off and got nobody. <laughs> I am totally regretting my list. I knew this would happen. Whatever. I mean, like we said, it's so consistent. It's it so is. consistent that it every is. song is good and I enjoy listening to this completely all the way through. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Cleopatra is fantastic. And finally, we're going to talk about Adam's number five pick and my number one pick on the album, the Futuroscope Trilogy. So the Futuroscope Trilogy. Closing track and like what? Closing what? sweet. Yeah. It's a sweet, and as I was saying earlier, uh, when we were talking about this album as a whole, there are three sections to the album, Belladonna, the Panopticon Artist, and Patriarchia, and supposedly all of each one of these, because it's broken up into three sections, The Wasteland, Anonymous, and Return to Ithaca, and they're all separate tracks technically, but they all work together, and each one of them supposedly is linked to one of those themes. So why don't we just start off with The Wasteland? Clearly, this is just all instrumental. Not much to talk about, except but the guitar sounds so good. It's squeely and like so good. The drums are—they just sound like they're jamming. It's just really well orchestrated. They sound like a really great rock band, like really interesting. There's this sultry, like Jimi Hendrix sultry solo. Is the perfect word. And to me, also, the beginning of this sounds like you have reached the boss. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. You're You're absolutely right. It's like Bowser. You've reached Bowser. Oh, my God. There's something about that. There is really something in general about this. I feel like the wasteland, towards the end of it, it sounds like you've conquered the boss already. Like this whole, the wasteland is you meet the boss, you fight the boss, you conquer the boss. And then anonymous is on, is almost when you like meet the princess after that. <laughs> I so love, I love this so you have to listen to anonymous. Anonymous starts with this kind of really nice piano and hums, kind of like haunt you every day. I know you don't feel the same way as I do about that I song. Like, I know what you mean, though. But uh, it really takes its time before the melody reveal, and I really appreciate that. They don't go right into his vocals or the melody at yeah. all. It really it builds so nicely. This whole it makes this whole thing sound like a rock opera. It really is. It's a mini rock opera yes. stuck at the end of one of their yes. best records. Like they they're crazy. I love this song, yes. and it's a great melody when it actually does come in. I don't even know your name, no. I don't have the words to say so. And with the octave, which is going back to classic Weezer, this is like we are now getting back into the 90s uh, Weezer cliche is not the word I'm looking for. Whatever. Their sound. Yeah. Thank you. It's so. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. (laughs) This there's a part here, especially the anonymous. It sounds so '80s stadium rock. And when they go, yes, it's so totally. It's totally '80s hair metal. Oh my god! But it's so impressive. The song's just a gift that I'm going to give to you. And then the double time Green Day. Hey, oh, hey, it's so hey, Green Day. Hey. It's so I Green love, Day. I love that. Is great. such an amazing climax of this song, and technically, I guess of I mean, all these all these mini songs within the trilogy have their own climaxes. But this to me is just like the this is it. 
oh, double time. You think that's it, but then you get oh yeah, return to <laughs> Ithaca. Wait, not even that. You forgot the now. I, I know, know what to call you. Like, oh my are God. awesome. They're so, so cool. Oh, it's wild. And then, yeah, you think it could end there. It could have ended there, and I've yeah. been like, fuck, this is amazing. But it doesn't. It goes into the last part of the trilogy, Return to Ithaca. I don't even know what to say here. I almost don't want to talk about it because it's so special I to me. I don't even <laughs> yeah. know what to say. This is like a guitar palooza. It's an insane <laughs> yes. layering of like three plus, maybe four plus. guitars. Yeah, I don't even know. When this song explodes, I cannot not smile. I like. I am so happy to exist when this song is playing because it is just the most life-affirming, soaring, operatic climax of guitars it is so fucking amazing it's orgasmic talk yes, about climax yes oh my god there's not really a good a good way to talk about this this last part i really you just need to hear this i, I, don't, I don't know what else to say it's so perfect it's, it's such a crazy ending to such a great album and the very very ending of that part really sounds like you have won. You have won the game, and you have his metal tapping. It didn't even need that. It didn't even need that, and it was just the it most like, metal thing. Don't take this the wrong way. It's overdone, but I'm so glad. It's just like absolutely. It keeps, I know exactly what you're going. Mean. There's just like you. Th- you keep thinking it's over. It adds another part. You didn't need it, but it's still them just shredding and being an amazing musical band. Oh. That's why this is my number one, honestly. Even though, yeah, I get, I sort of get why you were like, you know, I'm traditional. I want to have River singing. I want to have it to be a song. But to me, this is one of the coolest things I've ever put to tape. This, I cannot believe this exists. I can't believe they wrote this. Yeah. And the fact that it's a uh, 50% plus instrumental and it moves me so I much. I don't get it. I don't get how a band can write <laughs> the greatest man that ever lived. They can write. Uh, the Future Scope trilogy, and they can also write We Are All on Drugs. Where's, I'll just, where's my sex? I'll, to it, return yeah. to Ithaca. Oh my God. I, I don't even know what to say. Alrighty. All right, now that we've gone through our top fives, let's talk about the rest of the record. So we already spoke about the intro, Ain't Got Nobody. Then we get the comeback first single, Back to the Shack. Written with Jacob Kasher, whoever that is. <laughs> I love that it starts off with this maladroit, heavy Totally riff. maladroit. Absolutely agreed. Wow. <laughs> and then River's going into his hip-hop verse again. He's sort of blending yeah. styles. Yeah. There is, so we kept referring to this song when we were talking about, I guess, I've had it up to here and Rivers in terms of his relationship with fans and like, oh, maybe we should go back to this. This song is all about getting back to the shack, going back to basics. All of the lyrics are about that. Sorry, guys, I didn't realize that I needed you so much. I thought I'd get a new audience. I forgot that disco sucks. We referenced that earlier about maybe, is that the disco of Hurley? Right, right, but. Right. I love the narrative. Maybe I should play the lead guitar and Pat should play the drums. When they said that, Pat hits the little cymbal. Yes, and also the fact that like there was a time, like in Red Album, Rivers was playing drums, Pat was on lead Same guitar. Same with Ratitude, yeah. Ratitude, Josh Freeze was on drums. It's just like, let's get back to what the fans like or something like that. And I love that, boom, tick me back. And there's something about the back and forth of the melody that I actually kind of like with the chords also going back and forth, but they're different notes it that al- are being It's hit. also enhanced when they've got that sort of yes. a, a layered on well, top of it. especially because halfway through, then they go, let's turn up the radio, turn up those stupid singing shows. I know where you need... It's so good. It's so good. Uh, 
I, I'm saying it's so good, it's so good. It's never my favorite on the album. No, but this but goes along with like consistency, and it's actually there's something about this where there's no part that I'm like, I really don't like that. I think it all works together, but it's just like it's not one of the best Stand songs up. totally on the album. Great, I love when the solo comes in. There's like this, oh it's yeah, almost it's like cool. a car horn, but oh, I never thought really of it that cool way. I like that. Yeah, good single, agreed. All right, after that, we already spoke about Eulogy for a Rock Band. Then we get Lonely Girl, co-written with Josh Alexander again. There we go. This was originally a Green Album composition. What was the song that you said it took the melody from? Lonely Girl? What song oh, was that? that was Maladroit. It was Maladroit. It was uh, Space Rock. <laughs> this is a crunchy, chunky, fuzzy bit of beautiful power pop but it <laughs> very is very 50s doo-wop but it is kind of paint by numbers weezer like kind it's of, not yes. exactly anything special but it sounds awesome the literal sound of this song sounds great it's agreed full i love meaty. when it comes in and it comes in right after the end of eulogy for a rock band and i love how seamless the transition is right into lonely girl and the best part of this song is that beginning my lonely girl I love it. Again, so, so back to their basic kind of Beach Boys-ish song. Really nice. It's pretty pretty simple I don't as have, far as the I songs I honestly go. don't have much else to say about no, it. It's, it's still it's, good. It's, I still enjoy I agree, listening to it. Yeah, But it's definitely not one of the highlights. No, but still good. We already spoke about I've Had It Up To Here, The British Are Coming, and Da Vinci. Now we get Go Away, the fourth single. This was co-written and co-sung I guess it's their first real duet yeah. with uh, Bethany uh, Cosentino from Best Coast, which, by the way, just as I'm reading this, is that what they're called, Best Coast? Beth, Beth Costino? Costino? Beth, oh. Best Coast? I never got that. That's so interesting. Literally until right now. Wow. Um, you just said maybe the only the first duet that they've done. Do you not count? I just... I don't, because that's not an officially released album song. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Okay. But yeah, besides that. This does feel similar to to Lonely Girl to me in its simplicity. Mm. They don't seem to be taking too many crazy chances, which is fine. And again, there are, like, I like the the verse melody of cold-hearted girl, don't hurt me like this anymore. I love the buzzy, fuzzy sound of the guitar yes. and the bass during that. It sounds yes. great. And it's really, and I was just mentioning that B-side, I just threw out the love of my dreams. But what's different here is that this really is a duet. Rivers sings a verse, then Bethany sings a verse. The chorus is kind of the lamest part, just repeating, go away, go away. I like the 60s beat, though. Go, go away, yeah, go I agree. Away. But the best part of the song, which we need to play for you, Ooh, yes, is the bridge. Every part of this, the chord changes without you. Oh. So pretty. So nice. Good song. Can't say much else about it. After Go Away comes Cleopatra. And then we've got Foolish Father, which was co-written by the guy from Titus Andronicus. Which, so that random. That is crazy. Patrick Sickles. Um, I really like the darker, angsty sound of this. It sounds like a really 90s grungy song, but it has a sweet chorus. Just in the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just in the, the intro yeah, and yeah, the yeah. verses. Also, really random and cool intro. And I love the lyrics. Simple love songs drenched in blood songs coming out all wrong songs. Mm. That is so good. And you never hear that kind of thing again another sort of kind of grungy like eulogy for a rock band uh intro uh not intro verse and then again yeah this chorus which is kind of major again it kind of goes into i don't know this is green day something kind of pop punk yeah emo, i absolutely know what you're but it's a nice about. it's a nice melody and I love this musical explosion breakdown bridge. There's so much going on. It's actually interesting. There's something about don't like this part that what? feels fine. I think everything up to that is good. And then as soon as that happens, it's just like, it's, it is kind of, to me, paint by numbers. Or maybe that's not Whoa, the right word. But I it just, agree. none of these parts seem like amazing. 
I love that it closes with the lyric. Everything will be all right. There's something kind of cheesy end, about it that. It is. To me. It is. But it works to me. And you know what? It makes me feel like this was intended as a ten-song album, and this is the last song. Isn't it kind of? This feels like yes, the closer. Absolutely. And then they just kind of throw Future Scope, which I'm glad they absolutely. did. But Supposedly, it, he invited Twitter fans and random studio hands <laughs> to sing that. that Everything will be all right. <laughs> part it's like again just like all the other songs that we're kind of glossing over right now it's a good song for sure nothing incredible but yeah i mean we just talked about the entire album extremely even though we're glossing over some and certain ones to me and josh obviously are much higher than others but it's consistently back to back great rock album it just yeah. rocks yes. first first and foremost it rocks if you like rock music and rocking in your car rocking in the streets <laughs> rocking you're listening to music this just rocks and there's so many sticky melodies all over it and still some experimentation both lyrically and musically it's just it's just a great album it's it a is really great it is album. a great album thank you rick also one little thing i forgot to note is that rick brought in the guitars Ocasek, yeah. yes he brought in the guitars that they used on the blue album i didn't know that so they are playing L- on not only some is he getting the, the lightning strap but he's literally playing yes the actual guitarist that's awesome what a crazy crazy good album Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, Part 9 in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Weezer's entire discography. Now that we've discussed the beginning of the new Weezer renaissance with their surprising and impressive ninth album, Everything Will Be Alright in the End, tune in next week where we explore their carefully crafted Californian 10th release, The White Album. But before that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal Top 5s for Weezer. What are your Top 5 favorite songs on Everything Will Be Alright in the End, and why? Is this the true return to form Weezer fans have been waiting for? Was the concept successful? Is Eulogy for a Rock Band a killer's ripoff or am I crazy? Reach out and let us know. You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Top 5 Disco for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect. Also, rating and reviewing Top 5 Disco on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen is always appreciated. And don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time. And remember, it's really all disco. All right, so we'll talk about British are coming first. Oh, man. That is insane. What the fuck? I don't know what happened to I me. don't either, honestly. That I put it above Cleopatra makes no sense. I didn't even put the two and two together. That yeah. you, how dare you? Harry. <laughs>